Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is Just the Tip. It is Just the Tip, and my name is Jason. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Public Access Pod, and you can find our live streams on YouTube anytime you want at Public Access America. I do want to say a special thank you to Adam for filling in last week and doing such a great job. Go find Adam as a beard on Facebook or Instagram. I wanted to say thank you to Kai from Unsubscribe. There's two episodes where Jeffrey and I sat in with Kai and had a great discussion. Go find that on Apple or Spotify. I wanted to say hey guys to Audio Pong and the Peace and Purpose podcast. They are great podcasts. And of course, I recorded with Bottled Up Bitches and that episode is going to come out soon. So go ahead and subscribe, follow, and love all of these shows and learn to communicate and communicate to learn. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because that is how it works. This is the beginning, it is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority, creative minority, creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Welcome back to Public Access America. My name is Jason. And I'll leave this question to Jeffrey. We were talking about the Supreme Court. And how do you feel about prayer in school? Okay. Wow, you really left left me with that one. Fuck. Um, Okay. I grew up in the quote-unquote Bible Belt of Montana. You know, um, I grew up in a very rural community. I grew up with kids who would pray in school. I grew up with, uh, like, I actually had kids that um, would actually lead a prayer group uh, during lunchtime at school. Um, We had Bible classes after school. Um, You know, I grew up in the Catholic church where we, Wednesday nights, we would do catechism class. And, you know, even like during Lent, for example, all the Catholic kids would typically support each other because, you know, during Lent, we were only supposed to eat fish. And so like a lot of the times we would, you know, all the Catholic kids would kind of sit together and, and, you know, we would, we would do our own thing during lunch. To me, the biggest problem has always been whether or not um, teachers could lead that prayer. And that's, that's been, um, that was one of the things that really has been contested. The problem is, is, is that the Bremerton school district royally fucked this up. So Bremerton uh, is actually out here in Washington. And what was happening was they were, uh, is that after a football game, coach would pray at the 50 yard line and he would invite you know, anybody who wanted to, to pray at the, in the middle of the 50 yard line. Now, this is a really unique problem. This is a very unique problem 
because what you have is the issue, this issue of the First Amendment, freedom of religion, speech, and assembly. Oh yeah. Versus people who are in, you know, in a position of power because they work for a governmental agency, i.e., a public school. Huh? The problem that you have is is that you can't trump somebody's First Amendment right. But at the same time, you also can't be in a position as a governmental employee that you enforce religion. Take and this else's is right away. And this is where it gets difficult. The issue that Bremerton saw was is that he shouldn't be praying at all. The issue, however, really should have been could a quote unquote government official be able to pray in on you know public property like this you know right but because bremerton took the path of it's like no he shouldn't be doing it at all what it did was it opened up a major ruling that absolutely changed the face of this so like in my school what would happen is is that you know teachers would join in in prayer but it was up to the students to lead that was was the workaround and you know even for me because you know this was this 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 sort of thing wasn't uncommon where i grew up you know where there would be you know you know sometimes there'd be prayers in the locker room sometimes there'd be prayers in the field sometimes you know after you know especially after something you know absolutely scary that happened on a football field or a basketball you know on the basketball court i i mean to tell you there i i've seen people pray at some pretty horrific uh pretty horrific times i mean there were people praying when i got my concussion and I've, and I heard I've that prayed. quarterback. Me, yeah. the issue should have been the that prayer was allowed. However, it could not affect a student's chances of being able to play on the team if they did not join in, because right. you can't you can't retaliate in that realm. Right. And so what ended up happening was is by saying no, they can't do this what they did was they completely they completely removed the ability to sit down and look at the retaliation aspect is is that was there a a retaliation for not praying and let me tell you something most coaches never gave a shit it was like hey for those of you who are religious we're going to have prayer and people would join coaches would join coaches wouldn't join players wouldn't join but sometimes you'd get people from the crowd that would come out and join Mm -hmm. and to me you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with that. It's there's a freedom of religion, speech, press, and assembly. I think it would be different if the coach was like, repeat after me. Absolutely. But I think if he's saying a prayer, a Muslim person can still silently say what they wish to say. You know what I mean? Or, you know, or the Muslim person or the Muslim group of kids could do the same, like, you know, either before or after. I mean, we've seen that happen time and time again in this country where one group will pray and the other group, you know, kind of stands outside as the quote unquote guard. And then they would switch roles. We've seen that happen. Yeah. I I like that actually having multi- multi-diverse prayers i've seen that in the congress the senate does that right. you know so so for me what instead of saying you know but instead of having all well but that's the thing is like you know as as somebody who's not religious it's easy for us to ask that question right uh, you know but that's just it is is that you know much like 
much like we say, don't force your religion down my throat. Right. We can't force our lack of religion down somebody else's throat to keep them yeah, from praying. Yeah. We always have the ability to turn and walk away and let them do their thing. And I'm absolutely. all in favor of that. Absolutely. And that's basically, you know, and, and you could also argue, here's the question at the end of the game is the, is that coach still acting in an official capacity? There's that's your great, that's a great, there's your great question. If, if the game is over, is the coach still acting in a, is still in a, in an official capacity Yes. now that that game is over? I think he is, but I think it's a moot point actually. It's, it's, it, and I could, I could also make the argument that he's not, you know, the game's over. Everybody's done to go on their way for the rest of the day. Well, I would agree. But if, if, if Timmy, the quarterback calls coach, cause he's having a difficult situation, the coach is coach and he's got, he's going to listen and he's but, still going to be a coach and a mentor and a role model. But then, you run coach. In, but then you run into the issue of, you know, you know, are they a government, are they still a teacher coach, anything when they're outside of the field? If that's the rationale you're going to use, they're uh-huh. still a teacher, even though they, you're, you know, during summer, you know, we're out of school right now. So is that teacher still a teacher or is it just, I, you know, Jason who teaches my class? I would like it to be that, but I would, I would hope that teachers would take on the added idealized responsibility of being a mentor role model community member you know what i mean i would like it if kids ran up and went that's my teacher you know what i mean and and that's where and that's where this also gets very difficult because even in religious communities but if he ain't getting paid teacher exactly which (laughs) a lot of teachers don't get paid during the summer so right if you're not getting paid are you still actually an official during that time period like like there's a lot of legality questions that you know totally make because they're still technically employed by the school district even though they're not getting paid by the school district so they're still technically an employee but they're not getting paid like there's so many different arbitrary lines that you can assign but the line that has been assigned is the first amendment freedom of speech Mm -hmm. press religion assembly so I'm good with that. So the thing is, is that if the Bremerton school district had been able to prove that kids were not getting starting opportunities because they didn't join in prayer, right? hands down, this, this would have gone an entirely different way. You can't force your religion onto somebody else, you know, with reward or punishment. Right. But by saying, no, he couldn't pray at all. They turned it into a First Amendment case. And unfortunately, it was a very clear First Amendment case. Like, this is the problem where people tend to go for very, they're like, aha, yes, we're just going to broadly swipe this away. Uh What, what, What most people don't realize is that the Supreme Court tries to use very narrow rulings. It's like, change two words, change two words, like, and the case becomes entirely different. Okay. So in this case, Bremerton School District royally fucked up and opened up a gate that that never should have happened. Right. Because most 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 uh, courts would not take a case of whether or not a teacher could you know lead in prayer during school. The answer would be no. Unless most, you know that the Supreme Court is going to rule your way, so send everything up that you can. Even then, most most Supreme Courts aren't going to do that. Why? Because it's not just going to open it up for you know Christian teachers. Because that, that's my point. Thank you for the, going that that's direction. The, 
is is it doesn't just open it up. So now if 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 the reality is is that if you're allowed to have Christians lead in prayer, that means that you're allowed to have Muslims lead in prayer and they pray and five Wiccan. times a day. You're allowed to have Wiccan prayer if they pray. You're allowed to have yeah. uh Satanist prayers if they pray. So yeah. yeah, they can literally hoist up a fucking Baphomet and pray yeah. in the you know at the center uh, of the field. The mm-hmm. thing is, is that you know by the by the process you of keep this seeing being, field, I think classroom. Like, well, you know what I mean. But that's the thing is, is that you know, it's it's I I'm saying field right now because that's where this case took place. Okay. The classroom is discriminate. They didn't discriminate, did they, nope. between field and school anywhere, right? They did not, and that's the thing is, is that the problem here is going to you're going to end up seeing a narrow case. You're end up you're going to end up seeing a ruling somewhere mm-hmm. where a teacher does does invite kids to pray either before class or after class right. in the school. Somebody's going to file suit against it, and then you're going to end up with a very narrow ruling in that. Right. It like I said, Bremerton School District royally fucked up because okay. most most places would either do this, like for example, if there was prayer in school, um, like there wasn't mine, it would take place during lunch hour when nobody was in class and it was entirely voluntary whether or not you wanted to go to this one specific room to do this. I didn't. Like I, I wouldn't, I did my own thing during lunch. I would either, you know, hang out with some friends who weren't going to this or I would go. And, mm. and that's the thing is, is that it was student led. The teachers, yeah. teachers who were very religious would go and attend, but the students would lead it. And they, and they made it very clear. Hey, students, you're, if you want this to happen, you have to lead this. We're more than happy to show up. You know, yeah. we're religious people too. But like I said, Bremerton royally screwed the pooch on this one. Well, I'll, I want to say like, hey, if your teacher invites you back home so they can lead you in prayer, please don't stay in public. Like teachers can be bad too. <laughs> right. And then um, you, but then you run into that whole issue of, you know, now you're encouraging prayer in public. Uh, I like, don't care. Like don't, that's don't the thing. go back home with your teacher. Just don't go back home but with that's, your teacher. Exactly. It's it's <laughs> the thing. Like I'm I'm less concerned about prayer in public than I am about somebody saying, "Hey, let's go home and pray in private." Yeah, yeah fuck that shit. Pray, well, let's go pray in private. Yes, pastor. Yeah. So how about this one? How about the end of the remain in Mexico policy? Because I'm excited about that one. I didn't like that. I didn't like that policy. Um. That yeah. That policy was trash, and and we always knew it was trash. Mm-hmm. So realistically speaking like good that one needed to go away um but you know it still it still doesn't solve the root you know the the two major problems number one it doesn't solve the how do we make it so that way people can come in and work in this country without coming through a semi on a 115 degree day yeah how do we make it so that way it's easy for people to come in and work in this country and establish that they can be here to work but not be citizens or you know have times terms whatever right but it also doesn't it also doesn't solve the root problem of why are people trying to come to the country to begin with right and so I so i mean the policy was dumb it was not helpful but because it doesn't fix anything and that's the it biggest doesn't. issue. Yeah. Um, it didn't. It didn't fix any of the problems. It honestly just made it worse. 
Well, it kind of, it was kind of took the stopper out of the bathtub is the way I looked at it. Like people can start being processed now and there's going to be an overwhelming amount of people that are going to be processed, but we can start right. processing. And that's all I ever asked because Donald Trump like stripped that process away. It's kind of like, it, you know? well, it's kind of like the, oh, well, now we're seeing this rise. You know, we're seeing a huge rise in illegal crossings. Yeah. Yeah. Because people used to cross legally. Once again, when you ban things. Right. It doesn't fix the fucking problem. My tub's not draining because you put a stopper in it, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so, instead of, so instead of the water going through the little hole, now it's flowing over the whole fucking tub. Right. And, and these are the and same the people thing. that the same people that were picking cabbage and uh, processing chicken and steak. They were in our fast food industry, our frontline workers, stocking shelves, I mean, building houses. Like they were doing everything that we didn't want to do, you know? Let's, and let's, and they were building a life doing that, you let's, know? Let's think about it this way. Let's let's just go with a DUI checkpoint, for example. Let's think about it like a DUI checkpoint. It's like what's the legal limit? 0.08 right nationwide doesn't matter where you are in the country the legal limit is 0.08 if you're mm. if you're above 0.08 you're getting a dui if you're below 0.08 you're getting side-eyed but you're allowed to go <laughs> now basically what this policy did was say all right we're going to we're going to take the the legal limit and we're going to uh we're going to increase it to point, let's say point one. There were a lot of people driving drunk and getting into car accidents. Right. And they're like, Oh my God, look at all of these car accidents. Well, yeah, it's because you changed the definition of what was allowed to be considered drunk driving. Right. The same would be said if you took it and you went to point Oh four, you, you know, you would be catching a lot of people, but that doesn't necessarily mean they are drunk. <laughs> Right. To the point yeah. of impairment. That's the, that's the problem is, is that you, you, you had people that maybe were normally crossing that you know, needed to get to, you know, to go do the work that they've been doing time and again. It's hard yeah. to say. Sure. I, I don't doubt that there were probably a few people that were drug runners or whatever may of have. Of course there is. There's always traffickers, but we can't fucking address that if we're stopping everybody. And that's the thing about, and that's the thing about policies is that if you create a very coherent green card policy that says, yeah. Hey, I'm going to be working for X, Y, and Z farms or Unless X, Y, and Z meat packing plant, you know, right. and that's what these, that's what these, these green cards do. It's like, you have like a set area that you're going to be working in. Right. And people check these things. They're like, Oh, yep. Nope. You got your paperwork. You're all good to go. Great. Fantastic. And right. then at the time, and then when their term expires, they, you know, they head back to Mexico, they go back. It's, this is not a terrible thing to have. If you make mm -mm. it easier for people to come in and work, you know, specific jobs and you make it very clear and concise and it's like, Hey, great. Yeah. You know, instead of having produce riding in the field, we have hands picking it. Instead of having weeds growing in the field, we have hands picking it. Instead of having a bunch of meat packing plants that can't get the meat that they need to pack, we got a bunch right. of hands packing it. You know, that's just it. And like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, setting limits on how people come in and work in the country. The problem is, is, is that when you say no, not only are you not getting the things done that you've typically always got done, right. but now you're going to be Raising like, oh my prices. God, there is an increase of crime. It's kind of like when the, it's kind of like when the Democrats like, you know, set a bunch of gun laws and then they're like, oh my God, there's a like, right. You know, 
For example, Don, Donald Donald Trump made it illegal to cross the line to seek asylum. As before, if you walked across the line and said, I'm seeking asylum, then you were accepted. So yes, by changing the definition of what a line was and what the penalty was for what that, you yes, could do to cross that line. Legally. Every asylum seeker was a criminal and therefore denied. And that's the issue because yep. what you're, what you're saying is my food prices went up and I actually, I tweeted my grocery store. I'm going to not be grocery store specific, but I was like, if we have 96,000 acres of 9 million acres of, of farmland and 86,000 farms in Florida, why the hell are my grapes $9 a bunch? You know? And they told me, we don't have the labor to pick it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem. And that's a problem all around the country, including Florida. So I'm glad this, I'm glad this is happening. Somebody tweeted, why would, why do you think immigrants would want to come in and drive a truck? You know? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I would, I would rather do any other job. Any why, job why do you think immigrants want to come in and drive a truck? Yeah. I mean, pretty easily uh pretty easy to say why they'd want to do that because at least here in the united states uh it's a lot easier for someone to come in and drive a truck and not get fucking carjacked by the cartel than it is in mexico to go and drive like like because free training is free training and people don't understand that that if you have a chance to build a life if you get a job as a tow truck driver a lot of immigrants will go on to have a tow truck company you also, know what i mean it's, also it's if you training. also if you're going to complain about how fuck the supply line is yeah, yeah. if you have you know the biggest problem we have right now it's it's not that we're not getting stuff coming into the country right it's that we don't have the truck drivers to fucking drive it we don't have the pilots to fly they, it look you know literally you literally have uh arizona's uh department of corrections doing cdl training for people in jail that yes. qualify in order to get more people driving trucks to fix. Hallelujah. I love that. That was one of our ideas. I love so, that. Idea. So if, if, uh, you have something like this, that is going to bring people in to further fix the fucking supply line. Why is it a problem if they're a citizen or not? The difference right. is, you know, they're spending their money here. No different than no different than a citizen is. They're paying taxes here. No different than a citizen is. The only difference is it's that they don't get the benefits that a citizen does, and they don't get to vote like a citizen does until right. they naturalize and become a citizen. When they're here, they're buying all of the products that are here. Yeah. And a lot of not having that flow of people is what's putting businesses out because they're not right. the smaller businesses aren't being um they're not people aren't going there which means their stock rots mm -hmm. instead of instead of having yep. a flow you know so i don't immigrants have never been the problem the problem is just how we treat them you know you know and that's the thing is is that yes there there is i mean there is a problem when you have people who are undocumented coming into the country for nefarious reasons like to run like to run drugs like fentanyl yes mm -hmm. absolutely i would love it if I would absolutely love it if there was, you know, policies in place. It's like, oh, hey, green card, cool, green card, cool, green card, cool, green card, cool. Enough fentanyl to kill 25 million people? Jail. Right. But how is this guy, how is this guard going to defend against fentanyl when the law is everybody? Exactly. You know, we don't have the re resources to defend the wall. 
but we do have the resources to take care of a ma- the majority of the things that destroy our life, like the drugs coming through, Absolutely. like the, that semi full of people that had dead piled up in it, you know, and that that semi is in it's directly tied to Greg Abbott's policies on the border. Absolutely. And that's a shame because that affects Texas ranchers and Texas farmers and Texas processing plants. Getting you your, know? yeah, exactly. Getting your meat, you know, getting your, your cattle to the meat packing plant. You need people that are going to round up those cattle. Right. You need people who are going to drive them to the plant. You need people who are going to work those feedlots to get them up. Mm-hmm. The way. You need people who are going to take them and butcher them. You need people who are going to clean and pack. And yep. guess what? Most Americans don't want to do that. No, they, well, they don't, they don't. So, you know, but having, even if they did, there would be plenty of jobs to go around. If Americans right. decided to start picking cabbage, there's plenty of jobs around to go and do that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So the, and that's the other thing too, is, is that when people know, oh, Hey, you mean all I got to do is fill out this paperwork. I get a green card and I can come in and work for X amount of time. Right. And then I get to go back home. Guess what? There's going to be a bunch of people standing in line to get in legally. Yeah. And w- if the paperwork is on, all done the way that's supposed to be done. Great. They're going to get through. They're going to review it. They're going to let them in to go work. And then somebody's going to go check to make sure, Hey, you work right. in a place that you're actually supposed to be. When okay, somebody cool. comes, when somebody comes to college that way from India or Pakistan, they're only allowed here until their time is up, but they can reapply for other things exactly. after that. If they get a job here, they can apply for citizen exactly. status, but it comes down to if you're a benefit or not. And we're not just giving we're not just giving citizenship away like it's free candy. That's not how it works. You, nope. There's a grueling process. Like some people have waited 10, 12 years for the process to complete, you right. know? And that's, and that's the difficult part is, is like, you know, I don't know how to tell people that, you know, that most Americans wouldn't be able to pass a citizenship test in this country. <laughs> All right. Like in my class, I was the only one that ever passed it. Like right. I took the citizenship test twice as part of our, our as part of our government class. I barely passed it the first time and then I aced it the second time, but I'm also, you know, also yeah. got other things going on, but I was the only one class of seven, mind you, that actually <laughs> passed the test. The only one. So, so cool. one in seven in my class as an 18 year old could pass that test. And I would yeah. be curious to see, you know, I would be curious to have an actual study done to see of your average Americans who could actually pass a U.S. citizenship test because the thing is, is that it's the process works, <laughs> but yeah. there has to be more than one process. There's the process of, Hey, I love America and I want to be here permanently. There's right. also the process of, Hey, I love the fact that you have jobs that are available. Oh, you mean I can't stay just because I want to work. Right. Oh, okay. Well, what if I just work here and then go back to, you know, where I'm from? Mm-hmm. Oh, we can do that. Okay, cool. How about that? And then there's the, he, he, I'm sneaking in to do illegal things. Yeah, guess right. what? I want I want those people busted. Like, yeah. I want sex traffickers busted. Me I too. Want, I want people who have, you know, who are running things that are going to kill people like fentanyl. I right. want them busted. But if you're telling, you know, the thing is, is that some of the things that we have done have had a massive impact on on how certain industries work. For example, states that legalized marijuana overwhelmingly have seen opioid addictions decrease. Now the pandemic royally fucked a bunch of that up because well, being locked at home, dealing with existential dread kind of tends to fuck with people's minds. But, but when you look at that, 
Yeah, exactly. But when you look at, <laughs> but when you look at overall what has happened, legal drug use, uh, like stuff like like marijuana, has had a, a huge impact not only on state economies, number one, mm-hmm. but also on on state healthcare, number two, because now you don't have as many pills being run, you're developing fewer addictions. Yeah, but, but you also the have the ability that- to sell your pill, by the way right you can sell your pill knowing that other people that could be addicted to it aren't going to take it because they found an alternative which means a doctor can prescribe it easier for a legitimate concern as opposed to a catch-all you know you know and and that's the other thing too is is that you know with you know you've also seen the decrease of street drug trade simply Uh because you know right now fentanyl is fucking scary and anything yeah, like, you know, as a kid, would I have thought twice about, you know, like every once in a while, you'd get that one batch of weed where you're like, I'm pretty sure that was laced with something. Right. Right now, I wouldn't trust fucking anything to be laced with, you know, to be fucking free and clear if I was buying it off the street, yeah. which is why, like, you know, having pot shops here, it's like, look, I, it's highly regulated. You can't even use fucking, you know, weed killer or right. insecticide or, or anything else on these fucking plants. And it's local far- a lot of it's local farmers. You it's, know what and I it's mean? Local. Colo- it, Colorado isn't selling to fucking. Well, you can't. Florida. You can't. Well, you can't sell interstate. That's considered. That's what I'm saying. So it's local, it's local stuff. I exactly. Like I'm and, about to go through the process to get my card. So I mean, I like that. So, so to me, it's like what you, you know, the biggest issue still remaining is, is that all of these pot shops are not allowed to access banking. And that's a big problem to me because now you're seeing the rise of pot shop robberies around here because they have to deal in cash. That's how I knew that Donald Trump didn't give a fuck about me. And that's how I know Donald, uh, Joe Biden doesn't. Neither one of them are just federally legalizing marijuana, you know, right. <laughs> like, so that like, that can happen. Like federally legalize it, push it to the, you know, this is one yeah. of those ones where you can push it to the state to decide. And states are deciding on their own. Like Montana mm-hmm. legalized weed. And I was like, yep. wow, okay. Well, um, yeah. I mean, we did legalize medical marijuana pretty early on. Right. So. It doesn't surprise me that eventually Montana would, you know, being Montana would be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just yeah. legalize it. But Montana has always been, med- we're medical now. We're not full on. Right. So, you know, to me, it, it just doesn't surprise me. It, it takes time for some mm-hmm. States to be like, but I also can sit down and say, look at how prohibition has worked. In fact, I would also argue, you know, speaking of Supreme Court and all that other fun stuff, the 18th and the 21st Amendments would like to have a fucking word about trying to get something as an amendment and then the ability to not repeal that amendment. Yeah. Because okay. realistically, you can always repeal an amendment. There's always a chance that you can repeal an amendment. It's really fucking difficult. And, right. 37 and, states or two-thirds of the Congress. Yep. So realistically, what you end up having is... A process in which you know you can easily get some of this stuff to fucking disappear mm-hmm. um the problem the problems that have existed have been pulled have been put in place politically or morally or religiously yeah stem cell I mean, research we can't do it why because we're morally objecting what? i mean prohibition was a, the whole thing behind prohibition was this fucking religious thing yeah and look what happened with that yeah, that didn't. Yeah, not only did not only did alcohol not actually, and that was the other thing too, is is that you could get a doctor's note to be able to consume alcohol. Well, yes, but that alcohol came with poison in it, so you didn't drink too much. 
So even still, <laughs> if all you wanted was a glass of wine, uh huh, you could still have a glass of wine. Yeah. In fact, it was prescribed for for uh, what was it? Uh, hysterical women mm-hmm. that they have wine during their monthlies. I'm That's like, for perfect. fuck's sake! But it, once again, it goes to the whole point of you can make something illegal all you want, but there are people out there that have the money to find the legal way to do it. If if somebody is shedding a part of their body and bleeding, they have the they they have the right to do anything that minimizes that. To me, yeah, if you're hysterical, there's a reason. It's because your body is shedding itself, and you might want to have a drink. That's fine. I would. Right? <laughs> Could you imagine if the inside of our nuts shedded and we right? had to bleed that shit out once a month? Yeah, I'd want. Yeah, drink I'd want to. I would want to be drunk. <laughs> oh God, that just uh, so that just hurts. Thank right, you. So here's my question. Well, here's what I want to talk about. Let's see. Let's get this. Um, so male chicks. Do you know what chick calling is? Yes, I do. I. That's good. That makes this so much easier. Six hundred billion male chicks a year in on the globe are just killed. And that's part of the process. And um, I wanted to talk to you about it because you're a farm guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yep. so there's three processes of, of killing the male birds. And it's separating the spine, yep, the neck from the spine. And, oh, man, that's tough. And then there is gassing them. But then there's the mm-hmm. third one, which is 95% of egg suppliers do in America. And they just throw them in a grinder. Yep. You know what I mean? And just kill them. But there's new technologies to, that um, you don't have to do that anymore. You can detect in nine days an egg if it's a male or not. And you can stop that there. And you don't have to kill them, which I think is amazing. But I wanted to talk to you about this because it's disgusting. But So what I wanted to know is how does this affect me? And I couldn't find out what they do with the ground-up chicken byproduct. You know what I mean? The internet circled me around and round. Do you know, just as a segue, what they do with that? I have, a, I have an idea. Yeah. Um, okay. what they do with it, and it's kind of fucked up, but also not surprising. Chickens are actually very cannibalistic. They will eat their own. Okay. Um, so it goes into chicken feed, essentially. Livestock feed. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. what I was hoping. I was hoping it didn't go into like my dog's food and like chicken chicken meal isn't what we're talking about that's something different that's different um so so there's so there's a lot that can be done with it some of it does go into feed of various sorts but whether it's cat food or or dog food or or you know you know i mean even for like for example cats cats need meat in order to survive they need they need they need that protein so the idea that a bunch of of male chicks being called to go into cat food doesn't bother me one bit. Why? Because cats need meat. And if you don't feed your cat meat, they're going to fucking die horrifically. Agreed. So and they use it in England. They use it in wildlife preserves and owl rescues and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot less, but Mm -hmm. we we're, we are 95% of the global egg community. And so our culling is, 250 300 billion <laughs> a so. year so but there's ways that we don't have to do that and i wanted to talk about this because uh, republicans are like right to life but then they support 
something like this. I don't know if they do. I wouldn't once I knew about it. I didn't know this was happening. And there's other ways to avoid it. And we can talk about those two. And there's, there's a, funding for it. I mean, you know? this is, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there right now. Mm-hmm. When, That's when, why I'm when you talk you. about right to life, most people don't consider life the same for animals as they do for people. For example, oh, I know that for example, most people have no problem. You know, most Republicans will have no problem taking their dog and putting their dog down when their dog is sick, but taking your human and putting your human down. Absolutely not because suicide, murder, right. all this other bullshit. But even Jewish people believe that a death and a death of an animal needs to be Native um, American Native American tribes yeah. all d- do as well. Dignity I and mean, death. Even absolutely. for animals. Yeah. Absolutely. And I that's and what I, kosher is, by the way. Dignity absolutely. and death. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, you know, the fact, you know, dignity and death is is a huge thing, number one. But number two, like you also have to look at realities when it comes to production. Like the reality of of putting down a bunch of male chicks, quote unquote, in in a in a better way is just a process that has not to be has not been well has not been done on a mass scale now right how could they're, they're just a byproduct there's something that nobody uses exactly. um they don't they don't grow fat enough fast enough to be nope. meat nope. and yeah they don't reproduce they don't lay eggs so they're nope. just like uh and i think that's so amazing i mean not to put them together but like the supreme court says women you're bad and that but we're over here like hey chickens men are bad and i just found the correlation fascinating oh it's 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 (laughs) it's weird and funny but at the same time it's like me like what are you what are you coming back as because it could be a male chick you know (laughs) i mean be like all right i'm being reincarnated and right so much for that um now here's the here's the thing about like male chicks yes there are multiple uses for male chicks after they're you know disposed of quote yeah that's what i couldn't find out though you know they're it's, like i said they're you know some like for example they'll you know they, the definition of humane is is so fucking weird and wild for example yeah. you know do we have any question whether or not uh, a chick gets predated by let's say an owl or a hawk or anything like that when they're out on the farm no we get pissed because like they're predating our fucking chickens but we also go oh well that's just you know the cycle of that's nature the cycle of life right so is, is why is there a problem then if those male chicks are then taken to let's say a bird sanctuary for you know predatory birds mm-hmm. uh, to have the same thing done to help them rehabilitate but now instead of just you know existing on a farmland they're just shipped off to get you know eaten by hawks and eagles and what have you yeah anything right because that's still a natural cycle it's just that unfortunately we're having to facilitate that can you imagine a world where just in one year we released 600 billion male chicks oh god that would be so fucking loud (laughs) (laughs) just the the methane from the gas would be incredible i well i see i here's the thing go with the technology like you've been doing it I don't, it doesn't affect me like directly. I'm not eating it. By the way, it's not in chicken nuggets. There's a part of the leg that people don't use in the trimmings and stuff. There's parts of the chicken that don't get used in, in the, you know, processing and cleaning of it. And that's what a chicken nugget is. It's not the breast, but it's kind of the gross parts that other people don't eat. It's the Mm -hmm. hot dog of the chicken market. Now, now here's where things get even more fun. Now, here, here is issue number one. 
I'm going to go with how could we potentially fix this issue, Jason? Do we tell people to stop branding chickens? Do we simply no. start donating them to different predation centers in order to be killed? I have a great answer for that. Do you want to know? Let's hear it. What's your answer? So th- what they do is they, let's see, they they inject uh, enzyme into the egg, which takes literally less than a second to do. And in nine days, it turns blue if it's a boy and it stays white if it's a female. And in that, you just don't fertilize those eggs. And then you can use those eggs for other things. You know, that's, that's, that's nice and wonderful, Jason. But I think that honestly, that's a lot of work uh, for no payout. Well, I think there is a payout if you can put humane on there and it, have it mean something. And I got a better idea. France and Germany, by the way, they've, they've outlawed this machination thing, this culling. I've, I've got a better idea. Oh, what's that? Why don't you genetically engineer your chickens to only lay female eggs that's, fuck and then you never have to and then you actually don't have to worry about culling male chickens if you're so concerned about it but this here's is so big I'm but sorry, here's the question but yes, is, that's is that, another thing i love that like like the, the, i'm very much a proponent of letting science solve scientific problems yeah, like yeah, for yeah. example like you know the whole methane issue with cows so if you can take if you can take all of these cows and feed them seaweed and their uh-huh. methane production reduces by anywhere from, depending on the study, it's been 67 to 95%. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a pretty fucking great method to me. That sounds, that sounds like a very great and scientific. Right. Now the question is, is if seaweed production can't keep up, could we genetically engineer a bacteria that would be able to control that methane production? Because that's like really, that. that's really what it is, is, is that, when it comes down to cows eating, what is happening is, is that the bacteria is having to digest the gut bacteria is right. digesting those things. And, and then the expelling. byproduct is methane. So if they can, if so, if these bacteria can further digest this stuff without releasing the same amount of methane, the question is, is, is there a way that we can take a bacteria that is natural to a cow's stomach, figure out how it, why it's producing methane and genetically engineer it. So that way it reduces its methane production. Could you potentially do that? And then all you've got to do is say, give your cow a quote unquote shot or a quote unquote pill that introduces the same bacteria in that when all these bacteria reproduce and are constantly reproducing, they're now taking this and they're taking this bacteria and they're reducing their methane production. To me, there are ways that this could be absolutely done. Or can you genetically, you know, can you genetically engineer the cow? I mean, there are so many questions, and this is why I firmly believe in allowing science to do the scientific work. These problems have solutions. Some of them just don't have the funding. Some of them, they just don't necessarily know where to start. But that's the glory of ag science. Ag science is no different than regular, you know, science in other realms. So for me, ag science is one of those things where um, everybody gets so up in arms about it. But the reality is, is that there's always a better way to do something. And the question has just been, are they able to slash allowed to do the things like that they need? You're going to pay a lot more for your eggs if they're tr- ingesting a serum to find out what it is or genetically altering their hens. That technology is going to be pricier. Not necessarily is the thing is, is that I think there, there could be an initial cost. Absolutely. But I think that in the long term, if, 
for oh, example, yeah. you know, instead of having to call 600,000 male chicks and then trying to figure out what to do uh -huh. with the calling. Now, if instead it's like, oh, shit, I have a bunch of female hens that I can now sell off to other farms, you've created another realm of quote unquote meat production, egg production and sales cool. for the ag industry. Now, there's always so and, and the every, you're going to have a bunch of oh, my God, you know, they're genetically engineering the chickens. It's like, right. Once again, for the people in the back who haven't been fucking paying attention, it is not the genetics that are affecting the way that your body functions. It's the chemicals that go into the fucking food that you're eating that is affecting your body because we can test for that yes. and still fucking find it. Yep. That's right. It's this is one of those nothing, things like I just it frustrates me to no fucking end that people but there's nothing there, on the planet that hasn't been genetically altered. You it, know? It, <laughs> but that's the thing is like genetic engineering and genetic modification, one is just a faster path than right. the other. Because for example, it's like you don't know how my our our cows got so big. They were a black Angus and Gelpfi mix. Right. Very easy birthing for they're not black angus. They're not pumped with steroids and antibiotics to make them grow faster and thicker, although some do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, is that growth hormone has been detected and in, in further on down the line. Yeah. yeah. I fully expect that growth hormone to be in there because guess what? You're injecting them with a hormone. However, right. if you can genetically and if you genetically engineer your cows by crossbreeding selectively, so that way you get a cow, a calf that's easy to birth but gets fucking huge. Yes. It's still genetic modification. It's just the slow method of doing it. Every dog on the planet is the slow method of genetic evolution, and we still love them. You know right. what I mean? And I mean, but I'm not over here thinking, you know, that I'm going to have Billy Bones for dinner. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is everything, you know, the banana has been genetically absolutely. altered. The tomato, and, everything. And if, you're, if your banana was genetic, genetically we, altered to be able to resist fungus, is that mm -hmm. really so fucking bad? It's not that they're producing a chemical. Right. They're, they're actually, you know, they're actually, you know, or maybe they are producing a chemical. Maybe they're producing a root chemical. And guess what? You don't eat the fucking root. Yeah. And Once if it matters, if it matters to people, then you need to care about it. With the egg thing, I just wanted people to understand when it says um, humane on the package, you don't need to pay more for that because everybody that puts humane or not puts humane on their egg carton is still calling chickens because it's a necessity or they're buying from a hatchery that does call chickens right. unless it's a small farm that other five percent that is local the roosters out back where i can go talk to the guy and get some fresh eggs that guy isn't killing his chickens <laughs> or no, maybe he, he is. is you know it's he's just doing that, that that old way where he's separating the fucking literally from, just like grabs them yeah. by the head and then just like spins them around and rings them out like that's Which what the, i grew up their finding doesn't work the brain the brain doesn't and <laughs> at that well, point is what they're saying is happening. No, then and, and that never has happened. You want to know how the brain stops processing? It's if you destroy the brain. But yeah. eventually the brain gets starved of oxygen and then it stops functioning. That's that's how all of us die. Right. The heart attack, the heart attack that you might have isn't what kills you. Believe it or not, it's the fact that your heart stops pumping and you're long enough to you're alive long enough because there's enough oxygen going through your brain still to go, right. fuck, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, and that's it. I'm dead. Like that's how that works. Your brain is literally starving itself of oxygen until yeah. it finally reaches the point of death. That is how literally all of this has worked. 
Yeah, your brain sends a, a electrical so, pulse so to your heart here you that go. says beat. You know. <laughs> so here you go. Dying is inhumane. What does that actually mean, though? Okay. Because if you because if you have a heart attack and your brain has enough oxygen to be alive for the next ten minutes to, for you to hear, oh fuck, I'm dying. Right. Well, dying is in, inhumane. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Although once I've done it, I don't think I'll really care. You you can absolutely ask the question: Is there a <laughs> is there a better way? Well, guess what? If yeah. you if you have to snap the neck of a chick, and they literally sit there, and you know for the next however long it takes, maybe two mm-hmm. three minutes, for the oxygen to finally deplete deplete from the brain and all function to cease, that's pretty inhumane. Or if you throw them into a grinder and they're just gone instantly, right right. That I mean, well, I think, that's I think not my both... favorite option. But if if you threw me into something and I knew I and, and I didn't have a chance to understand that I was fucking dead, right? That seems like a better option than me just knowing that I'm dying for the next two to three minutes. I agree. I I think they're I, both so personally like, gross, though. Oh, no, I, I'm not saying that it's. But not. I, there's a there's a difference between the farmer back there that's using his food and like giving it a respect that it deserves as opposed to doing it for profit and just throwing like 340,000 chicks into, into a grinder and no. filling a landfill no. when you don't have to, when, if you have to, because that's the only alternative, that's one thing. But if yeah. you're doing it for profit, that's gross. Now that, that would actually be my problem too. Like if you're just taking all of that and throwing it into a landfill, I, I think I do have a problem with that because the, to me, it seems like there could be far more use done for that. Whether that's cat food, whether that's yeah. dog food, whether Building that bricks is bricks or something, you know, whether, you know, whether if there's something that could be usefully done with it, right. Know, uh, that to me seems like there's, there is opportunity there if, yeah. depending on what's happening. And then, and that's not necessarily one of the great, but if we're going based on whether or not something is humane, like I said, if you're, if we're talking about cutting a chicken's throat, so it bleeds out and it knows it's dying for the next two to three minutes, that doesn't exactly sound humane. If we're talking about snapping its neck, so that way there's still enough oxygen in the brain that it knows right. that it's dying for the next two to three minutes, that's not very humane. But if you're throwing it into a grinder and it's just completely destroyed instantly and it doesn't have the chance to know that it's dead, that sounds a lot better than the other two options. And then realistically, then there's oh, the whole, agree, like, do you actually, I'm sorry, agreed. <laughs> then, then, then there's the, well, what if we just chemically put it to sleep and then, well, then you can't use it for anything. So literally then you're just killing a bunch of chicks right. that can't be then used for anything because it has a bunch of toxic chemicals in it that will kill whatever it eats. That doesn't but, sound very humane either. But I don't think <laughs> to me, it's like adding, pulling out sugar and putting in a carb so that you can have the same taste, but a different thing. Like we don't snap their necks, but so we can call it humane to throw it in a grinder when we don't have to, when the technology exists so where we don't have to do either. And one. that's, and that's the, and there's your real answer is, is that yeah. if, if you can do something differently and then, and that technology that you were talking about, I'm like, that's just a fucking waste because right. now you're in, you're putting a chemical in there that now you have, at least in my brain, you have FDA issues of whether or not this, the, this can be used at all or not. Well, they're, they're, sell, they're selling them in Europe right now. Well, and, and, you know, maybe that's been approved already and maybe, you know, they're, it's just, let it's them not a, be the test subjects, not exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> like, like I personally, like if you told me, Hey, we injected chemicals into your eggs to make sure that they weren't male or female or whatever. I'm going to be like, no, I'm not eating that. Right. 
or you know if you're if if you're injecting them then you're allowing them to grow up then my next question is 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 that chemical going to be you know are you going to be able to test and find that chemical in that hen or in that oh here it is okay so it's based on the sex the the sex hormone Mm -hmm. and so what you do is you pull a little fluid out of the egg and that oh, okay. lands on that lands on a marker and if the marker turns blue it's a boy and then you just don't have to fertilize the egg and that okay. is let me see i had it it's called respect r e s p e g g t and they're just they're just in their infancy they're respect. just coming up with the, the uh, play on respect but I mean, France has gone forward, a smaller country, and Germany's gone forward with like saying, we don't have to call chickens anymore. Cool. And I just want people in America to understand that, you know. Or, or my personal thought is, is that, you know, if, if you don't want to have a bunch uh, or any male chickens, then what you need to just be doing is genetically engineering your chickens so that way they can only yeah. lay female eggs. Agreed. I, I don't know where that technology is. I don't know where it is in that the would, pipeline of I, being who knows? done. But it's cool, you know. I mean, people, that would that would be a better can, option. If people have an issue with something, like I said about Democrats and Republicans, if you think that genetically altered food is bad, research it. <laughs> it's like I you mean? said, it's not the genetic altering, it's the amount of right. fucking chemicals that get used. Because we can right. test for the chemicals and the chemicals are still present. Right. Like, you know. I guarantee you that, you know, if we were to genetically engineer cows, if you were to go back in time and take a cow from a thousand years and then go back in time, and take a cow from 900 years, 800 years, seven, six, five, mm-hmm. four, three, and then modern day and put no hormones in it. Yeah. It's going to taste different. I guarantee you yeah. it's going to taste different, but I also guarantee you that what you're going to see is a lot different than what you see now. So the question is, is then was, were there health problems still associated with eating those things? I'm going to go with the answer was probably no. Right. Unless they were ingesting some type of chemical, like for example, like when you during the Industrial Revolution, during gas uh, periods, when you would have lots of lead in the air, and then you would have lots of lead in, like let's say, probably the meat. Everything, right? I guarantee you that that is probably more problematic than any than any genetic engineering that you can think of. But right. if they're if you know you're looking and you see, oh yeah, no, they started injecting a bunch of hormones into this or any number of things. Yeah, I guarantee it. Same with agriculture. Um, take a potato from a thousand years ago, 900, uh-huh. 800, get to the point where now you're spraying with certain chemicals. I guarantee you, you're going to test and find those chemicals in your fucking potato compared to a thousand years ago, where you won't uh-huh. genetically, they're going to be different. Genetically, those potatoes are going to be very different across but shipping all of those that years. potato changes too. You don't lose half of the product shipping it now because you have techniques of keeping it at the right temperature, keeping it in oxygen. You know what I mean? There's but like, the but the chemical is the real trick. The chemical right. is the real issue. If the chemical is still present in your food, mm-hmm. it's not the genetics that are fucking with you. It is the right. fucking chemicals. It's the method of getting it to you that's the issue. Not because the here's the thing: is is that you know I guarantee you that over the course of you know, 6,000 years of, you know, ma- you know, written humanity, mm-hmm. the genetics of what we have eaten has changed drastically, but what has changed so drastically in the last few hundred years? Technology. Chemicals, the ability chemicals. to apply chemicals to your food. So that right. way you have a more bountiful crop. Mm-hmm. The question is, 
are those methods actually helpful or harmful? Right. And that's, and I think that is where the next real question sits is, you know, if it's not the genetic engineering itself, right. then great. That's fantastic. Let's genetically engineer, you know, plants enough so that way they can fend off pests and all that other fun stuff mm-hmm. and not have to use chemicals. That sounds fantastic. You, in places like Africa, if you can find a drought resistant strain of wheat, you just changed the world, right? Like Even 25... in Montana. Even in Montana, Even where in we Montana. have we have problems with wheat stem sawfly. So what do we do? We took a genetically different version of wheat that instead mm-hmm. of having a hollow pith has a solid pith. And now guess what? Don't have yeah. stem sawfly problems. You know, it's funny. Got wheat. Uh, it's still Je- edible. Jefferson went to Italy and he had to smuggle out Italian rice because American rice was garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so he he started planting that and Italy got up got mad but our rice is now Italian style rice and it, it's American but it's always been considered Italian mm-hmm. because he stole it. So <laughs> the to me the reality is is that genetic engineering is actually the next forefront of food. Of course, in order to get us to in order to get us away from chemicals that we put into I, our food. Yes, because I want a cleaner food. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't want to have to go, Hey, should I test my Cheerios to find out how much, how much glyphosate is in them? Right. Because the answer should be zero. There should be zero glyphosate in my Cheerios. Right. But if, but if genetically it's engineered, so that way, you know, any other plant other than, you know, the same genetically engineered oats, touch it, touch those roots and they die. Mm hmm. Grand question. Is that, is, is, is that going to affect us? The answer is, I don't know. But what I do know is, is that the current method right now, not working the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Because we're finding chemicals in our food and that's, and it's not because it's not that that chemical shows up naturally in the food. That's the thing. The chemical is showing up in the food because the farmer is applying a shit ton of it to the plant. Mm-hmm. Now it would be different if we genetically engineered the 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 let's say oats to have glyphosate in them. I would still have a fucking problem with that because <laughs> right. the answer is, is that we should have zero glyphosate in our food. <laughs> I agree. I just think they find something like fluoride. They found fluoride. They didn't know what to do with it, so they put it in everything. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. X. They found X-rays. They were like, we don't know what to do with this. They used X-rays for ten years as hair removal giving people radiation poisoning you know what i mean and then they were like oh that's so and i think the same thing with the oil industry they were like we need to be useful beyond this fossil fuel that we're burning into the air let's make our products additives and fillers and things that make things Mm -hmm. that's what they do and then eventually people are like i don't like that i think generations do that as people age they want to be they want to feel better because they're in a lot of pain and they do that through food you know, exercise. Yep. I did have, in, we're going to end, but I did have in my list, um, what is killing American men? <laughs> you know, so this, uh, thank you. This episode was going to be a pretty big downer until you lifted it up. So calling chickens a necessary thing at this time, but we should work to, to end, end it if we can. Or, you know, make sure that whatever, however we're doing it, that it's not just ending up as waste. It needs to yes. have an actual use. Like, I, to me personally, I have no problem as long as it is being used, but if it's just, if male chickens are just being ground up 
and then right. thrown into a landfill, that's a problem because there's there's got to be a use for it, whether it's cat food or or something. Building bricks, you know. I mean, what I even mean? if even if the chicks themselves are so uh, sold to bird sanctuaries in order to you know help them get well, or right. zoos or whatever, so that way you know they have this natural hunt that they're mm-hmm. used to. But if it's just ending up in a landfill, yeah, that's a big problem, and and that means that you need to solve it with something that's far more far more creative far more far less complex right and like i said genetic engineering you can genetically engineer hens in order to lay non-male eggs that's just that would the be way awesome they, i mean i think that's the goal that that is you could actually do that but see that's the thing it doesn't directly affect me but i would i wanted to know where this stuff was going the byproduct was going because if it was being used then you're honoring it right mm-hmm. but if if you're just throwing it in a landfill no, I'm not all in favor. Why would no, I use it as that's fish waste. food or something? Well, fish you know? food or, or any number of different things you could do. Dump with it, it in the ocean. At least that uh, right? Maybe. Would it settle? Mm. I, don't, I don't know what the byproduct is. Is it like, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, hey, everybody, have... thank you for listening to Public Access America. <laughs> I don't know where the conversation is going to go, but we love you all. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. Tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to public access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live stream time YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.